going back to, to lockdown and the pandemic, um, can it, not, not that it was a fun time, but what was the most positive memory that you can think of during that time? A positive memory from, from lockdown. So this was, maybe it was like you could work from home and wear your pajamas while you were working. Uh, this was like maybe you did a home re res uh, renovation while you were, while you were home. Uh, there was the thrill of finding toilet paper in, in a store where we couldn't find that anywhere and we were wondering what we were going to do. Um, maybe, maybe you remember this. This only lasted for like a month, uh, but there was a time where, where like all the families were, were out like riding bikes together, uh, you know, or, or out like in the evenings going out and you were like, I've lived here for 20 years or whatever and I've never seen these people before and you're like, oh, that's what they look like. Um, but there was something where it was like, I, I'm looking outside and there's families and people spending time together that isn't normal and there's a disruption in the typical routine uh, and there was something that was special about that. And something where it's like, as, as we've reflected on that time, a lot of us are like, I kind of miss the time that, that we had that. There was a moment where it was actually kind of nice that we, we were pulled back a little bit from some of the busyness that we had and we were spending time together as a family or with, with close loved ones, our, our friends, and we, we kind of got out of that habit. Um, you know, it it tells us something that that was such a, a meaningful time to us, but it was also such a short-lived time. It tells us some about the cultural values that we have. Uh, we, we value hard work. It's important to us. There's also something, though, that maybe we take it a little bit further than that, and maybe it becomes a little bit excessive, and we don't just value hard work. Maybe we even idolize achievement. Maybe there, I think there's something about us that says, if I'm not busy all the time, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm falling behind and some of my worth is being diminished. That it's not easy for us to just be still. And if we start slowing down, if we dial things back a little bit too much, we start feeling like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not living up to the expectations that are upon me. I'm actually being a disappointment to my family, to my God. And so it's hard for us to rest. So as we've been talking about this, we've, we're like, okay, we, what if as a church we built into our calendar a month where we said we're just going to slow things down? What if we said we're just going to have all of our ministries dial back or take a break for the month of August? And what if, what if we just built this into the calendar uh, and we said, as a church, can we encourage each other to just slow down a little bit? Like, it's kind of, we're kind of at the tail end of summer, and I bet, you know, every time we go into summer, it's like, School's out, like things can slow down, right? But then we find summer camps to send kids to. We find different classes. There's music lessons, and we find different things. We got vacations to plan for. And I bet if we talked to each other, no one would really say, man, my summer was so low-key. I rested so much. I'm so ready to go back into the fall. We're all like, yeah, I'm just as tired as I was three months ago. 
And so what if we, what if as a church we said, okay, what can we do to say, let's slow things down a little bit and can we just try to be a little bit still? Can we try to not hurry for this month? And so this, this month we're, we're talking about this new series that we're going to be doing just for August. We're calling it Reorienting because we're saying we need to pull back and we need to readjust our perspective to, is this how we're actually meant to live? Should we be constantly hurrying to everything? Are we meant to carry this weight? And I think that when we carry so much stress and we're so busy, we just start to lose perspective on, on what things are actually important, what things we're actually are meant to, to value and prioritize. And we just start thinking that I'm so preoccupied with what's so urgent right now in the moment that I can't even think about what things are actually important for us. So let's, let's slow down. Uh, today, we're talking about where the root of rest comes from. Where do we see rest first come? And the funny thing is, it happens almost immediately in Scripture. You don't have to wait long before rest starts coming up. And so we're going we're gonna to start, we're going to be in, we're going to begin in Galatians, or excuse me, Genesis 2 uh, this morning. We're talking about when rest happens during creation. In, in uh, the creation story, God spends the first chapter of Genesis, the first week, where he creates things. He spends six days creating all of, of the universe. And then on the seventh day, this is, this is what we see. So in Genesis 2, 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day... God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God creates for six days. Then on the seventh day, he rests. The, the Hebrew word here for rest is, this is where the word Sabbath comes from. Sabbath is just the, the transliteration of, of that verb, meaning he rested or he ceased. So he stopped creating. And that's what he did on the seventh day. He rested, he ceased, he stopped, he did nothing. Uh, the other thing it describes as doing this day is he made it holy. Holy is, is making something distinct from the rest. He says that this day, this Sabbath day, is, not to, is meant to not be viewed as the same as the other six days. It's not, it's not seven days together in the week. It's six days and then one day. And he says, don't, don't, under, don't see these, two, these things as equal. This one, this one is different than the others. And so don't, don't treat it the same. It's not meant to be the same. This is the day that is set apart it's set aside for rest, and so he pauses and he rests on this day. Okay, so dialing, dialing back and zooming out for a second, when we look at, at what's happening here in, in Genesis, Genesis the part of the, the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, and traditionally held that this was written by Moses. So if you remember, if you remember your history, uh, uh, the Israelites, they start as 12 sons who go down to Egypt 
and they, they live in Egypt during the time of famine. And generations go by, and their population increases, and at one point, uh, they become so large that the Egyptians enslave them. And then eventually, God raises up Moses, and Moses leads them in this exodus out of Egypt. So it's during this time that Moses leads them out of Egypt that he writes these five books, and so he writes to describe, let me introduce you to the God that you follow. He's writing, Moses is writing this on behalf of God, introducing the Israelites to the God that they are in, they are, are in a covenantal relationship under. And he says, let me start by telling you the origins. This is why this God matters. This is what this God's connection is to you. This is not like the gods that we knew in, in Egypt. This is not the, the sun god. This is not the god of the Nile. This is not the god of the harvest. This is the god who created everything. His domain is over everything. He has authority over everything. Everything started from him. And so where he has power over and who he provides for and what he provides for all comes from him. So if there's one person to listen to, if there's one person to trust in, it's this God. And what does he do after he makes the, uh, the creation in six days is he rests. So the question that often we, we ask in Sunday school is, was this God tired? <laughs> does this God need a nap? And, and the answer is No. The answer is he makes this, he makes the creation, and after each day he says he made this and it was good. He rests on the seventh day because he enjoys his creation. He likes it. He takes delight in it. He, he makes it, he looks at it, and he says, I'm pleased with what I have, and I enjoy, and I celebrate it. Okay, let me, let me tell you a story. Um, so at our, at our house... Um, we, this was, this was like winter time, this past winter, uh, we used to have grass and, you know, the irony with grass is that somehow it's both hard to keep alive and hard to kill. Um, so we were like, let's just, let's get rid of the grass and, uh, we're going to put in like drought tolerant plants and, um, this isn't a flex if, uh, if you have grass, um, you know, we're like, oh, we're the good people that we're saving water. Like, if you, if you still have a lawn, like, maybe it's your fault that the Colorado River is dying, but I like, think it's okay. Um, no, 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 but so we're like, okay, so we're, we're going to just pull out the grass and we're going to do this. And so most of the work, uh, myself and my son and my wife, we, we did this. And so I look at this and I'm like, man, like, good job, like, you know, like we got like, you can't really see it on that end. We put in a little paver pathway going into the side and we got a little, a little fake river and mulch and plants and stuff like that. But I go out there and I'm looking at things start, like flowers starting to grow and, and I can see growth and I'm like, there's this freaking plumeria uh, in the back that's like starting to have, have leaves finally come out. And I'm like, it's alive. And you know, it, it's just... There's delight that I start taking in it, and just being out there, there's satisfaction I take in that work. You know, I go out there, and I'm like, now there's hummingbirds and butterflies that, that are out, like, flying around. 
uh, there's a cat that keeps pooping in it, and I don't like that part. But uh, for the most part, like, it brings me joy. And just there's something restful about being in there and just enjoying uh, the work that we put into it. And, you know, there's, there's satisfaction that I find in it. The fact that God rests after he creates is something that we should find very affirming. That God makes everything that we see, he makes you and me, and he looks at you and he says, I want to celebrate this. He looks at you and he says, I like you. I'm, I'm for you. I look at you and I see you positively. I take delight in you. I celebrate you and that you that I made you. And so he takes a day out of the week to celebrate this. And I think that sometimes, especially when we think about the God of the Old Testament uh, and some of the assumptions that we have about him, this, this starts off by saying God looks at you and he takes delight in you, that he, he is pleased with you. And he does this as rest. And so this, this first time that we see rest, where the pattern of rest is established, God is using it and he's taking delight in his creation. And he's saying, we're going to pause on working and we're just going to enjoy what was done. You know, rest, he rests, but then his rest is passed on to us and he invites us into rest. And so as, as Moses keeps writing, as he writes in Genesis and then gets to Exodus, where we now see, see the law and his Ten Commandments, one of, the, one of the commandments that he gives is the command to rest. So this is, this is in uh, Exodus 20. So verse 8. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. I'm going to skip down a sec to 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This, this sets the pattern uh, for how the Israelites are meant to live. He says, you, you are going to be my people, and one of the things that I want you to do is I want you to rest every one day every week. Follow, follow the pattern that happened in creation, so you're looking back to creation saying, for this sake, for this pattern that God established, we are going to follow this and live this out ourselves. So this is something that, that's important. This is a day that you are going to schedule and so rather than having a full week of, of busyness and work to do and then fitting in rest wherever you can find it, he says, no, actually, you're going to schedule in rest, and the rest of the work is going to get planned around it. And there's going to be rest that happens regularly, whether you feel like you need it or not. He says, it's going to be scheduled, and we're going to honor that, and you need to rest. This is part of what you need. 
See, he, he points back and he says, God is, is the creator, and so if he gives me all that I need, if he gives me what uh, and made me who I am, he also knows what I need, and he's providing for me the things that, that uh, I need to be cared for and to be, uh, and to be sustained, and one of those things is rest. As, as Christians, when we look at uh, some of the commands, especially in the Old Testament, look at this, and we, we are not under the law, but the law still tells us things about what God values and what his will are. And so we don't need to, to rigorously follow a Sabbath day as part of our law, but this still tells us that God designed us to be restful. He designed us for us to have a regular rhythm where we're resting and not go, 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 go. Um, Archibald Hart, uh, a psych professor at Fuller, he, he says this, um, people in a hurry never have time to recover. Their minds have little time to meditate and pray so that problems can be put in perspective. In short, people in our age are showing signs of physiological disintegration because they are living at a pace that is too fast for their bodies. It says we're, we're, working, we're going so fast and we're living so fast that our bodies can't keep up with what we're trying to do. And, and this part that he says that, that we can't even keep problems in perspective because of how fast we're trying to live. That things, just because they're urgent, they seem much bigger than they actually are. Things that are right in front of us, they preoccupy us, and so we lose perspective. We can't keep the scale in mind of how significant some of these things actually are. That we're trying to live too fast. God gives us the gift of separating from work. In, in ancient Near East culture, uh, the, the pagan gods created humanity for the purpose of doing menial tasks. Uh, they, they created people because there were things that they didn't want to do, and so they were trying to find somewhat, some other solution, and so they made people essentially to be their minions. And so uh, humanity came up, and you know we're little yellow people with the goggles, and we're going and doing the things that the gods want us to do, uh, and that's our purpose. Uh, we, just, we need to take things off of their plates because they can't get to it or they don't want to get to it. That idea isn't found in the Bible. That God didn't make us just to do work. He didn't make us uh, because there are things he doesn't want to do or doesn't have time to do. That our value in the Bible doesn't come from our work. And sometimes, sometimes that can feel... Uh, that can feel liberating if, especially if we look at ourselves critically. Um, this can also be really frustrating if we feel very satisfied with our achievement, though. And there can be a part of us that say, maybe I want my value to come from my work because I'm successful. Because I achieve. But God says, no, your, your value doesn't come from your work. And so because of that, I want you to have a day where you rest because your meant and your significance is something more than that. 
Um, I, I think some of you can relate to me. I sometimes feel guilty about uh, taking paid time off, like vacation days. Uh, there's a part of me that feels kind of proud of myself when I'm like, I got, like, look at how many hours are, are still accumulated that I haven't used. Like, I'm dedicated to my job. You know, and I think, I think some of you feel that, that satisfaction as well. That, like, I'm proving myself, I'm proving to my company, to my church, my school, uh, that I care about my job and I'm prioritizing this and I'm serious about this. And isn't there a part of us that we need to say, like, who are we trying to impress? Like, don't, don't we even do that to some extent here in the church, like in our faith? Isn't there to some extent where we think, I'm going to push myself really, really hard to impress God. I'm going to make sure that I don't let any opportunity pass, pass me by because I don't want God to be disappointed with me. And so it doesn't matter that I'm tired. You know, this is like the old saying in sports where it's like, pain is, is weakness leaving the body or, or like water makes, you, water makes you weak or something like that where you're like, what does this mean? And you're like, I'm supposed to drink water. Like I get dehydrated. And it's like, we were meant to rest. And when we're tired, that might be God saying, you are pushing yourself too hard. That you're not living in the rhythm that you were designed for. And so we, we have this choice where we can make, where we can say, hey, I can live from a place of fear where I'm trying to impress people and get people's affirmation or approval that I don't have, and so I'm going to leave all the, the pay time off hours in, in my account. I'm just going to push myself and push myself. I'm going to take on more things than I can to try to please God. Or I can say, I'm going to live from a place of trust where if God says I actually do have the gift of rest that he's offering me, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to structure it into my schedule, and I'm going to say, this is here, and I accept this freely, that this is an act of grace that I can enjoy. That I wasn't meant to just work, work, work. There's a part of me where I just need to be still and enjoy what he's given me. And when I do this, I can look back at creation and I can say, I can enjoy this because this is yet another provision that my maker has given me. He's given me all that I experience today and one of those things is the gift of rest. God is our provider. He desires for us to rest. See, this, this confronts us with the willingness to accept what God is giving us. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with your Bible, we actually see the, the Ten Commandments uh, stated twice. So there's once here in Exodus, uh, Moses writes it a second time. But this second time he writes it, he writes it in the book of Deuteronomy where he's writing to the next generation. And he gives a different reason for why we should Sabbath. In Deuteronomy 5, he says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days uh, you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. So this all sounds very, very similar. Then he gets to, to verse 15. And here, here is where we see a difference. Instead of talking about creation in that pattern, he says, Remember 
that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of here, out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Israelites were, were still commanded to rest. The expression of this didn't change. There were still supposed to be six days of work and then a day of rest. But here he says, you're, you're resting because we're looking back at, at not just the order of creation, you're also looking back at God's provision for you and the way you've experienced that. One commentator wrote that, that when you look at the, the command to rest in, in Exodus, it's talking about the pattern of God creating the world. When you look in Deuteronomy, it's God creating Israel and resting because of that. He, he says we need, they need to rest because God has brought you freedom. He's brought a, 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 you have a personal experience that's unique to you of God's provision. As, as Christians, we, we look to creation, we look to the things that God has given us. We, we can look out, you can go hiking, you can look at the beauty of creation, and you can say, man, God made this, I can take delight in his creation, and I can rest there. But there's also something of where, what, ha, what are specific ways that I have experienced his provision? And when I rest, I need to reflect on these things and I can find satisfaction in what he's given me. There's peace that I can have in that. You know, years, uh, a couple years ago, Christina and I started this practice where uh, whenever Thanksgiving happens, um, we will go to a coffee shop and we, we make a, like a Thanksgiving list. So each of us writes it, and you know she she kind of flakes out and just writes my name the whole time uh, down there. Um, but I, you know, I put in serious thought into mine, and uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding, just kidding. Um, so we, you know, we we go and we write this, and we try to reflect on the year that we've had, and it's it's hard. I'm just like, okay, what happened a month ago, and what happened six months ago and where have we been this year and there's just so many things that happen that we forget about and things in the moment I think man I experienced God's blessing here a week later I've forgotten about it and we're like okay so let's let's try to just remember some of these things that, and we're going to write them down and then we stick them on a picture frame in our hallway uh, so, you know, at different times when we walk by it, it's, it's a reminder of something we can reflect on. That I need reminders of ways, not just I've seen God provide for all of creation, I need reminders of ways that I myself have experienced his blessing. You know, we've, we've shared with you some of the, the difficulties that, that we've been through in our life and especially in those moments where, where I'm like, I just, I can't hold on to the hope that God is a good God. That I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I've been waiting for God's provision and it still hasn't come. And God, I know you're a good maker, but I still, I, why would you allow this to happen? Or when are you going to intervene? Or why are you holding out your blessing from me? How long is it going to take for you to do something about this? 
I need to have a reservoir of things that I can hold on to and say, though this doesn't make sense right now, I can hold on to this that I know his goodness and his blessing. I need to have a treasure of memories that I can hold on to and say, I experienced his blessing in these things, and so as much as I don't get what's happening here, I know that he's a good God because he's shown me and I'm holding on to this. And if I don't slow down, if I don't have this regular rhythm of times of rest, I don't have the chance to hold on to these memories. And they just, they come and they, then they slip out of mind and I forget about them. And so much of what, what could affirm my faith and help me to persevere through really dark times, I forget about. And so then, then I go through these dark times and I think, man, what kind of provider is he? How could he allow this to happen? It's, it's important for us to slow down. It's important for us to pause and think of how did not just God provide for all of us, but how did he provide for me specifically? Sometimes I can get that God loves all of us. Sometimes it's just hard for me to get that he loves me. I need these reminders, and these are invaluable treasures to hold on to. Rest allows me to appreciate what God, my creator, my maker, has provided. You know, we're, we're trying to slow down here. Uh, we're trying to, to uh, this month, say this is something that's important and that we need to do, that this is a gift that God has given us. This is a gift that we're meant to trust is a gift. This is a, a, a gift that makes us look back at God and say, I'm acknowledging and I'm reorienting the fact that God is my creator and he is over all things and I can hold on to that fact that he provides for me what is good and what I need. And I just, I want to encourage you, slow, slow down. Build in, build in some space to just be still. To, to reflect, to pray, to journal, to just enjoy your backyard. But, but slow down and think about how have I experienced God's faithfulness? How have I experienced his faithfulness? These are things that we need.